Good morning and welcome to our week of prayer at Central. Happy to have you join us today. How many are happy to be here today? Let's give some. All right, good. I can see lots of hands here. What about at home? They can't see you, but I believe you're raising your hands this morning. And so as I start, I'm reminded of a few weeks ago. I don't know if there are any soccer fans in the house today, but I was unaware or I forgot that some big event was going on. And I noticed through my Instagram feed that there was a video of a crowd. And I was wondering what's up with this crowd? What's going on? Why is my friend posting so many videos of this big stadium? Like he's present and I got so into it and I was thinking, oh, I wish I was there and I didn't know what it was about. And then I started to see the captions. I was like, oh, it's a soccer game that potentially is going to qualify Canada for the World Cup. Yes, I'm sorry. I just, I, sports, you know, uh, I'm a Jays girl kind of person. So I was like, oh, and I'm not a soccer fan. Don't know what's going on with any of that. And I just felt like I really wanted to be part of that crowd. Why? Not because I like the sport, not because I understand the sport, not because I thought, oh, it'd be cool to brag to my friends, although the thought did cross my mind. And I actually just wanted to be part of the crowd because I thought, wow, this is a historical moment and I want to be part of it. But not that my heart would have fully been there. I would have literally not paid. But if someone said, hey, I got a free ticket, sure, I'm going. I will weather out the cold just to say I was there. Well, that's actually what I want to talk to you about today. I titled this message, What's with the Crowd? And as this game was unfolding, a similar crowd was actually happening in biblical times. And we see that a crowd had formed around Jesus as he was entering Jerusalem. And so I'm going to read in passage Luke, chapter 19, verse 28 to 38. And the word of God says, And when he had said these things, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. When he drew near to Bethpage and Bethany at the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village in front of you, where on entering you will find a colt tied, on which no one has ever yet sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? You shall say this, the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent away and found it, just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owner said to them, why are you untying the colt? And they said, the Lord has need of it. And they brought it to Jesus. And throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. As he was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, teacher, rebuke your disciples. We see that Jesus is entering Jerusalem and the crowd is formed around him, not because Jesus is some famous soccer player, not because there's a big historical gladiator game going on, 
but rather because Jesus had prepared his disciples to get him a beautiful, gracious, friendly animal to ride on. Nothing compared like the donkeys that we know of in Europe that are a little small and stubborn and malicious. And he knew that he needed to go triumphantly, boldly into Jerusalem, even though he had been warned to stay out of there. As we see this unfolding and that he's riding in a donkey, I'm reminding that back in the day, donkeys were very domesticated and it was actually a nice gift to receive. It became something that the people used to pack things on. It was actually known as something of a carrier of a burden or as a beast of burden. And so as the people are mounting things on it without a saddle, Jesus too, he knew he was going to ask for this colt. It would be ready. It would be prepared. And he went on it. The disciples, you know, they were like, yep, let's, let's go do this. It was, it was there. He came on it. And like a merchant or a priest or someone who was on a peaceful mission, Jesus came slowly riding on into Jerusalem. And what doesn't astound me it's not the fact that he was on a donkey it's not the fact that he didn't come in a manner of reigning on a horse like so many people who would want to conquer and dominate or come in a threatening way is that he actually knew that he was forbidden and he was in danger of going into Jerusalem but he said I will not be intimidated I will not live in fear. I know why I have been called. And he, as a way maker, went into Jerusalem to make peace between humankind and the God of our creation. What boggles my mind as well is that in John eleven fifty seven 57, it says that the authorities had already announced to the nation that anyone who knew about Jesus' whereabouts, they should report it so he could be arrested. The religious leaders were hostile. The people there who were in position of leadership and of political authority, they knew that they didn't want Jesus anywhere around them. They wanted to arrest him. They wanted to kill him. They wanted him annihilated. And Jesus had this courage that he exemplified to his followers and his followers also exemplified courage as they came out to greet Jesus. And as you've been hearing in some of our teachings on Sundays, Jesus was actually bold. Jesus was tenacious. Jesus was daring. Jesus was audacious. Not only are our prayers audacious, but Jesus was very audacious. He didn't let fear rule his life. He came into Jerusalem publicly and triumphantly. He rode into the capital, fulfilling a prophecy, declaring himself as king and showing everyone that he was the Messiah that they had finally been waiting for. As Jesus entered Jerusalem, the crowd goes wild. Jesus! Remember, it's not a soccer game. (laughs) And you're thinking, what's up with the crowd? What's going on with this crowd? They greet him with a Jewish expression, a Hebrew expression, excuse me, called Hosanna. And we see that throughout Mark and Matthew and John and Luke. And they welcome Jesus basically crying out, save us. This is in reference to Psalm 118, where it's a declaration of confidence in the Lord's salvation made in time of need. 
This song was sung as part of the Feast of Tabernacles, a special event, a, a time where people would sing and celebrate. And when they would read verse 25, the people would wave branches of myrtle, willow, and palm, and they would say, save us. Oh, we pray, oh Lord. Oh Lord, we pray, give us success. So similar to the Jewish celebration, the people were waving branches while singing out, Hosanna, Hosanna. And as they were singing, they were also saying, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. A messianic term coined before the time of Jesus. And it means Messiah. It means Savior. And we see that throughout the Gospels, this idea that the crowd was welcoming the one who they believed was the Messiah, the one that they believed was the Savior of the world, they shouted out, Son of David as well, in Matthew. They shouted out the coming kingdom of our father David in the book of Mark. And they shouted, the King of Israel in John 12. So the crowd was cheering. And they seemed to believe that as Jesus was entering Jerusalem, that he was sent by God to save them. We are hearing that they seem to believe this. And we notice that as they're singing and they're waving the palms from palm trees, we need to understand that as they're waving these palms, that the palm tree is a symbol of beauty, a symbol of the righteous man. In Psalm 92, the word of God says, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. The crowd was basically saying, welcome, we praise you, Savior of the world, for you are beauty, for you are righteous, for you are our king. And as a symbol with the palm branches that come off the palm tree, the palm branch that is associated with rejoicing, it's also associated with the idea of triumph and victory. And so when we celebrate in a church or we come on a Palm Sunday or we remember as we are going through the trajectory of Jesus's cross, dying and resurrecting, we remember that when the people in the crowd were raising their palm branches, they were basically doing what Revelation 7 says. And it's this. After this, I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. Hallelujah. What was really going on with the crowd? As much as the people believed that finally their savior had come, we can't really assume that they understood what was really happening. Maybe some thought that Jesus had politically come to save them from the oppression of their government leadership. Maybe some thought that he was a spiritual deliverer, but didn't know quite what that term Messiah really meant and what they were being saved from. 
Maybe they were just following the crowd. Maybe they thought, what are these people doing here? Why are these crazy people shouting? Why are these crazy people around Jesus? Why are they celebrating? Why are they waving their hands with palms in the air? What's the fuss about? Maybe there were people in the crowd who are just going through the motions and just wanting to be part of the crowd. And so in conclusion today, I ask you, what is your response to Jesus entering Jerusalem so triumphantly and so boldly? What is your response to Jesus coming into this world to be a Messiah, a savior for our sins? What is your response as a church as we come here gathered? Why are you gathered here today as we prepare for Easter? Perhaps you're like me and you just want to be part of the crowd, like that big soccer game. And you're like, well, everyone's doing it. And why not? I have nothing to do at 6 a.m. in the morning. Might as well just show up. I mean, I can sleep in the rest of the day when I go home. I know I can go and sleep. And Maybe you're one of those people who came because, well, it's the last week in this building. This is a historical moment, and I've actually never been to prayer, and I better do it now. I better do it. I need to be part of this. Perhaps you don't even really understand why you're here, but you're here, and you're trying to figure it out, and maybe you're here because you truly believe that God did send his only son as the Messiah to save us from our sins. So as we go back to the title of the message, what's with the crowd? I have some reflection questions that'll be put up that we can go through in our time of prayer. And we're going to take 30 minutes, whatever it looks like for you to connect to God in this moment and to reflect on that triumphal entry. Lord, we exalt you. We magnify your name because you are good, because you are king, because you came triumphantly and boldly into this world. You came down from your throne to give us the miracle of the salvation that only you could provide through your blood. And as we have come here today, starting this week in victory, declaring that this week will also end victoriously, God, we pray that what you have started in us, you will continue to finish, God. We pray the good work, the new thing that you have birthed in us, Lord, would just be coming forth so brightly, so greatly in your name, and that we can be transformed through your word in Jesus' name, God. I pray that you bless every person here. Continue to strengthen everyone that we may return, whether online or in person, to feast on your word, oh God, to feast in your presence, Lord, and that if anyone, Lord, shall be burdened with sickness today, in the name of Jesus, I pray for healing from head to toe, that nothing would come against you to prosper and to be able to pray this week. In Jesus' name, protect us, oh God. Amen and amen. Hallelujah.